Welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman. A few years ago, I wrote and performed a solo show called The Edge of Every Day, which was an exploration of the rough edges and contradictions we all face and grapple with. The show hit a nerve, and the relevance of the topic would only grow over time more than I could have foreseen. So, here we are. Real talk with real people, sharing stories and perspectives that spark provocative invitations to leap out of what's safe. On the edge of every day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. We are live in the hive. Thank you for joining me on this, the 32nd episode of The Edge of Every Day here on talkradio.nyc. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, and for those of you who don't know me yet, I encourage you to check out my bio on talkradio.nyc, or of course, you can visit me at my website, sandrabargeman.com, and please tune into any of my previous episodes with my inspiring guests. As all of my loyal listeners know, this show is about celebrating triumphs, pushing boundaries, and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we are fearful, those places where we are resistant to change, those places where paradoxes and contradictions live in our beliefs and understandings, both about ourselves and the world around us, those places where we don't want to look. Listen, we live in turbulent times and we are coming to understand that life simply isn't black or white. It must be an embrace of both. And the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So thanks for tuning in. And without further ado, it is time to introduce our guest this evening. Precious L. Williams, affectionately known as Hashtag Killer Pitch Master, is a 13-time National Elevator Pitch Champion. She has also been featured on Shark Tank, CNN, Wall Street Journal, Forbes Magazine, Black Enterprise Magazine, Essence Magazine, and the coaching movie Leap. With over 25 years of experience in creating unique speaking and public speaking techniques. Williams is respected for the innovative training programs she delivers to Fortune 100 companies that include Google, Microsoft, LinkedIn, eBay, NBC Universal, Federal Reserve Bank, Intuit QuickBooks, Yelp, Harvard University, and more. Since her 2019 number one best-selling book, Bad Bitches with Power Pitches for Women Entrepreneurs and Speakers Only, Williams has been featured on Times Square billboards, top podcasts, and stages around the world. Her second book, Bad Bitches and Power Pitches Workbook, and her third, Pitching for Profit, The Bad Bitches Playbook to Convert Conversations into Currency, are also number one bestsellers. Her fourth and next book, The Pitch Queen, A Woman's Journey from Poverty to Purpose and Profits, is available for pre-order on Amazon. Williams is a graduate of Spelman College and Rutgers School of Law. She currently lives in Brooklyn, New York. To (laughs) To learn more about Perfect Pitches by Precious LLC, please visit Perfect Pitches by Precious dot com. Hello and welcome, Precious L. Williams. <laughs> oh, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I am. Um, was interesting when my bio was read. I'm like, again. I'm like, that really. What? Did I do that? I remember when I was younger, and and, they, and <clears throat> you go to events and, and they would read people's bios, and then you become the one that they read the bio about. It's like. <gasps> Wow, come from full circle. It does. It's so deep and so beautiful. And it's really true. Yeah. Yeah. 
Amen. And it's really true. And we are really, really, really happy that it's true that you are here on this show. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah. And happy Juneteenth. I think I heard that one of the many things that I listened to of yours in doing my research on you, that you were speaking at a Juneteenth event yesterday. I was. How fabulous. How was that? When I tell you, it was amazing. So you walk in and all, they were, the, the mall was taken. It, it still had its regular um, stores, but all throughout the mall were black owned businesses with everything from books and, and uh, unique artwork and all these amazing, they had a gentleman's corner, they had a kid's oh. corner, they had the main stage and that's where um, I was. They had panels that, that included representatives from MasterCard, Goldman Sachs, 10,000 small businesses, uh, BENYC, which is Black Entrepreneurs NYC. Uh, they just had these amazing mm. things going on so that we could see the depth and breadth of what's happening in the Black community, how we're celebrating Juneteenth and reclaiming it as something to be very, very very proud of. And I know a lot of people talk about the commercialization. That's not what I felt. I felt when I saw the families coming in, when I saw, they were actually young people were listening to me speak. I had a fireside chat at 530. And mm. so people were listening to me speak. And then at six, there became the pitch competition. And so I was on, I was one of the judges on the panel with Michelle, who owns Dust Spot NYC, which, which was hosting the Juneteenth event at City Point. And uh, Paisley, who was over uh, Goldman Sachs, 10,000 small businesses, New York. And so, again, people were pitching for the first time. And I know when I pitch, it looks real slick. (laughs) (laughs) What was so funny is we we were telling them, you got to do something new every day. Mm -hmm. And when when these, uh, I think it was four or five, it was four, uh, it was four businesses that pitched. And just going back in time, like. And there were some people, there was a couple of businesses who told me, we don't, you know, kind of not wanting to say how much they had made. And I'm like, you better pick your head up. We got to pay this. You know, you got people who ain't even made $2.30. You went from 50 to 60 to 70, or maybe you went from 60 to 70 to 80. Maybe you just started, you made 20. Maybe you just started like two months ago and you're in the red. Okay, yeah. that's the reality of entrepreneurship. I said, Yeah, I better hold your head up high. Don't let these people on social media make you think that everybody's popping off. I said, I'm a 10 year overnight success. Can we keep that a book? <laughs> can, can, can we keep that a book? I was a pitch master from 2011 to 2013. That's when I stopped pitching mm. and then going into teaching with Perfect Pitches by Precious. But let me be clear the, 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 the pitch master I was back then is nothing compared to who I am today. There's so many lessons that you learn in business oh and, my, speaking, yeah. and speaking, the speaker I was at 16 is very different from the speaker at 43 and so, who you're going to be in 20 years and that how that voice and life experience is just going to deepen your truth and getting it out. Extraordinary. Oh my, I wish I could have seen that. And I want to talk to you about what pitch means to you, but I do want to, I do want to come back to Juneteenth because I need to make this point because it's the second year for it being a federal holiday. Yep. And I know like many, many people, uh, I'll speak for white people. I, I didn't really know about Juneteenth until a couple of years ago. And, and I understand that many black people also didn't really know until recently about at least with the research that I've been doing um, and are learning and embracing and understanding the history of it. And for those of you listening in, it is the day that honors the emancipation of enslaved African-Americans. But remember, it was after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by Abraham Lincoln in 1862. Three years later, not every enslaved person knew that they were free. So on June 19th, General Granger went down to Galveston, Texas, and let the last of the enslaved people know that they were free. So if you want to learn more and need to learn more about Juneteenth, here's a great place to start. Uh, PBS has some fantastic information and documentaries on the history and the meaning of Juneteenth, how to celebrate, and how Juneteenth speaks to our current moment in history and the education of today's in today's moment in history. So I urge everyone to go, go to PBS, 
dot uh, org backslash learn about and celebrate Juneteenth. So absolutely. Um, so um, pitch. What's your I, I love your description of pitch. What what is your description of pitch? So pitching in and of itself is just a short, brief way of introducing you, your brand, your book, your product, your service, a new great idea to whom you hope is an interested party who will eventually buy or refer or hire you or book you or put you on something, right? So when I think about pitching, and I, I'm a curvy girl, so I always try to bring it back to food. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, it's and all so, about the food at the end of the day. So I'm going to tell you the difference between the plate and the fork. So you're going to, it's, it's the holidays, whatever holidays it is, whatever the big holidays of your culture, your nation, whatever, biggest holiday, you know, you're going to go over somebody's house because you know, you're not cooking. And even if you are, you're going over somebody's house, you go in, it's food smelling good. You're chopping it up with your family, your friends, your loved ones. You wait, you, you wait until you hear dinner and you hear the word dinner. So you go over, you start putting things on your plate, your favorite things. Because the first plate, you know, you send it all right. You <laughs> thing on your plate, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And now you all are sitting down before you say grace. Mm-hmm. So as you look at that plate, and I'm telling y'all, think about this in terms of y'all like that good food, even if you pescatarian, vegetarian, vegan, <laughs> you know. So look at that plate. That plate represents the things that you love. It represents you and your business, your products, your services. It represents your skill set, your abilities, your talents. It represents mm-hmm. your network, your prospects, closed deals, open deals, all these sort of things. And now that you've said grace, pick up that first fork or spoon. What's the first thing you're going to sink your fork or spoon into? Just think about it. And now... If you take that fork and bring it up to your lips, look at it. That is what a pitch is. So from the plate, everybody wants to get the whole plate of everything about them. If you think about their company, their books. Their, no, it's the fork is your pitch. It's a juicy morsel, a taste of more to come. And you need to get people bite after bite mm. after bite. Because if you rope them in, bite by bite, captivating, titillating, giving that juicy taste, they're going to keep coming back for more. So if you give them everything on that plate, what's the point in it? First of all, confused mind came by and you will confuse people. So yeah. in the end, that is what pitching is. Don't give them the plate. Give them the first fork, a juicy morsel that'll keep them coming back for more. So that is what a pitch is. Oh, love that. Well, that's a great seg. Now that we all are clear on what a pitch is, that's a great seg. We're going to hear all. <laughs> Pardon me? I said, give them that taste, that first fork. That first Real fork. Me. Got them. Well, and I love that you also said, you know, every moment there's an opportunity for a pitch in every, every moment. moment, like, boom, like every moment is the edge of every day. You ever talk about a no good man, no good woman in your life, no good day, <laughs> a job you love or hate, an opportunity has come. You are the focal point of attention and you're keeping someone focused on you as you all go through it together. But you're still the focal point of attention. Amen. Don't forget, everybody needs a pitch. Well, so when we come back, we're going to hear. From Precious, both she and I are sniffling because we're both a little under the weather, but we're having fun nonetheless. Oh, yes, we are. (laughs) We're going to hear how she and I came to meet, and we're going to hear about her first speaking gig when we come back with Precious Williams. Stay tuned on the edge of every day. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. with Precious Williams. And so I want to pick it up with, with a shout out to our dear friend who introduced us, the lovely Leslie Michaels, yes. who has her own podcast. We've got a, now that we've mentioned her, we have to plug her podcast, uh, Women We Should Know, which you have gloriously been a guest on. And yes, as, I have, as have I. Um, Leslie also has a book. On yep. the Shoulders of Mighty Women, coming out in mere moments. Yes. And I had Leslie on a couple of weeks ago to plug her book. And so, and just to let my listeners know, I also have a chapter. Leslie invited me in, and I have a chapter within that book. So stay tuned, and I will let you all know the moment it's out. But Leslie was glorious enough to introduce me to you and you gloriously agreed to come on. So thank you, Leslie. So let's thank you, dive, thank you. So let's dive into what, tell us about your, your first gig as a speaker. Um, how did you get there? So my first gig as a speaker is when I was 16 years old. So the principal <laughs> yeah. of my high school, Mr. Floyd Cruz, he came to me one day and he said, I'd love for you to speak at this event. And again, I'm 16. I mean, I, I don't even know how I would have been afraid. I, I just wasn't, but I didn't know how to write a speech. So either my English teacher, Miss Addie B. Jackson or Miss Ruth Hill wrote my speech. Can't tell you what it was about. Okay. I mean, I'm 43 now, but I remember when my drove, my grandmother drove me to the place. Cause you know, she was coming in with me mm-hmm. and it was all these politicians there. I hadn't rehearsed. anything. <laughs> So when they were giving my my little cool bio for a high school student, Aww. you know, I stood up, opened up, because yes, I had to stay at the podium because, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't who I am today. And I started speaking. It's funny. I could see the words and know exactly what the cadence should be, like when to stop. It was the weirdest thing. It's like I had the talent at such a young age. And mm-hmm. so when I was speaking, it wasn't all like run. It was just literally measured for maximum impact, even though I had never seen the speech before. You're an actor. And when I tell you standing ovation, I mean, the mayor of the city of St. Louis, Freeman Bosley <laughs> Jr. Afterwards, you know, I mean, to get politicians to give you a standing ovation, I was 16. I felt, I look back like, man, I was a young Barack Obama, you know? <laughs> and so the 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 mayor, Mayor Friedman Bosley came to me and said, yes, I'd love to have you on our St. Louis Public Schools Task Force. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. My next speaking engagement was before the governor of Missouri. You know, and wow. I just kept speaking at different events, standing ovations and everything. And I remember the last time I spoke before the governor, a different governor of Missouri was in 2000, 2008. And I, it was Governor Bob Holden. And I hadn't missed a beat. I just got better. I got better and better. But Mr. Floyd Cruz gave me the opportunity. But my grandmother told me I had to give the speech. She told me that Oprah was going to call my name. She told me that when I speak, it's not even just by having bass in my voice. I think I've always had a different type of energy. Mm. And she saw it at such a young age, but no one else could. 
and I'm named after her precious she's precious Dolores Williams and precious Latanya Williams and so I just think that there was always a connection between us Mm -hmm. and so where was she always when I spoke right like this I could always look out at her because she always knew where to stand just in case I had a moment I'm looking over at her and she's like you know what time it is. Give it to him. Give it to him. I'm giving him. No. I'm like giving the business, Grandma. <laughs> Even when I speak today, I always look like as if she's still there. But I was 16. I don't think I understood that I had a talent. It was cool to do. It was nice to be in the St. Louis Post Dispatch. It was nice to speak at all these great places. I ate every chicken dinner, steak dinner, fish dinner. You know, I've had them all. I had a, a, a nice food too. You know, <laughs> I in the city. so. You know, and to shake hands with people that I look back like, I've been preparing for this for so long. Mm. But when you're that young, you don't know. Of course, I spoke when I was a Spelman student at Spelman College. Yeah, I, you know, became an attorney and everything like that. But my first one was when I was 16. And I'm oh, three. What? Well, amazing. And and it, it's not, you're just like a natural actor and you you feel at home on stage. That heightened I, sense I, I, of, I, I, of presence of that you feel correct and real there. I do. And, and that comes shining through. Absolutely shining through. So I, I'm I'm as I put in in all of my social media about you, I'm just and what I've learned about you and your willingness to be so raw and real and willing to share all of the dark places of your past has just been your vulnerabilities has just been breathtaking. And 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 I, I've said you're the walking embodiment of the edge of every day. And my show, the podcast is based on a one woman show. And mm-hmm. one of, I explored what the edge meant within that show. And one of the ways that we discussed the edge, of course, leaping off the edge and taking risks. But one of the ways was the, the light versus the dark and the willingness to go in the shadow work as, as a Jungian analyst would call it, the willingness right. to speak about the shadows. And you are extraordinary in that. What, what, and here's a quote from that show that which you are most afraid to admit, share, or even see within yourself might just be your superpower. I have that, to agree. That's your platform. I have to agree, but I have to be honest, I wasn't always like this. Oh, you, you didn't pop out perfectly? Oh, no, not at all. That's very <laughs> cute of you. Uh, no, so in my 30s, you know, it was all about, you know, flexing and being on stage and being poised oh. and always looking perfect and oh, all my things. And so, you know, when I lost the love of my life, you know, I, I love when people ask me what his name is. I said, does it even matter? Does it really matter? Yes, he was famous. Yes, he was this. But you would focus on him instead of what came, the beauty that remained from that darkness. And so when he died, I just lost my mind, became, when I tell you a severe alcoholic, I'm surprised I'm still staying in the day. That's how much alcohol I drank, right? Became homeless, tried to take my life, my precious life on my 38th birthday. So to be a 43, five years later, clean, sober, uh, dealing with my emotions. But when I walked out of the Bowery Mission Women's Center, which is a Christ-centered life transformation program in uh, New York City, uh, I didn't stay in a shelter. I stayed in a Christ-centered life transformation program. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the distractions anymore. I couldn't run my company, which was Curvy Girls Lingerie, the one he inspired me to start. And I got to really dig deep you know, in my discipleship classes, in volunteering, in uh, packing things for kids. Like there were so many things that I missed out on chasing the success, right? That everybody says that they want. But let me tell you where success took me to being alone because I was very transactional. I couldn't do anything without talking about business because I was uncomfortable with my personal. I was uncomfortable. I never felt wanted, never felt any of those sort of things. But when I was able to walk out of homelessness on September 1st, 2018, I didn't realize that the comeback. So when my heavenly father was choking out the fat lady, so she couldn't sing. So it wasn't over for me. Fat lady still being choked out. My second act, as far as speaking, as far as helping women honestly see how to give birth to their next beautiful now, but it had to happen with me. And so I had to take off every 
mask, mask. every layer. Take it off and just say, people are going to bring it up anyway, but let me tell you what it really was. And as you know, when you're growing up in certain communities, we're always told to keep, keep everything in the house. Well, I felt like if we don't bring it out, people will think if they didn't live the life they see on social media, that if they didn't grow up like that, they didn't have all of that, it can't happen. But yes, it can. It can happen, but you have to do things differently than the world will tell you. See, the world will tell you, put on the mask, get a Brazilian butt lift, six-pack abs and all of that. I'm 43 years old. If I wanted it, yes, I could get it. But there's something so comfortable about when I look at women and I look at us and I see us working hard, but we forgot who we were. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard my Heavenly Father say, give it to them raw, first I had to first I had to show them what power looks like. And I'm a powerful speaker. And then I can show you my backstory because you're enamored now. But if you lead with darkness, people will still see you always in darkness. I'm very careful about even with pitching and speaking. If it's a keynote, that's one thing. But if you're training, my homeless, my homeless story, my alcoholism, my bit not being wanted by my parents, me feeling like my family abandoned me, me feeling like nobody loved me. And that's why I did all these crazy things. That's irrelevant to the audience I'm in front of. But if it's a keynote, I'll take a different aspect of my story. Because it might relate. And the beautiful thing about me being the speaker that I am is I can feel the energy. So I can change speeches on a dime. In fact, I did a a speech before Dress for Success for their uh, annual event. And I heard a woman say something I was going to say right before me. So I switched up everything and I wrote, wrote out five bullet points because I did not, I don't regurgitate and I do not follow someone saying that because that's whack to me as a speaker. So I went (laughs) <laughs> and I was talking and I, I know they were like, that is not what we thought she was going to say, but that's appropriate for the moment. And so that's the, that's the greatest thing that happens. I know who I am as a speaker. And I know that when you're reading the room, the thing you think you're going to say, it might have to just change. And you have to know that I don't need a podium. I don't need a podium. Yeah. I feel like Beyonce, give me a mic and a light. A mic and a light. I got you. I don't even have to have a wig. I can take this wig off, makeup off. And I'm like, let's go. And I think that's why people love when I speak. It's my energy, but also take all of this off. I'm still that queen. Yeah. Well, and you, we all have seen in you, but everywhere we go, that power of vulnerability, the willingness to strip yourself open is it, it it's breathtaking. And it, and when you've got both the light and the dark pumped, it's it you're the whole package. Almost definitely. Oh my. Well but I also think it's about embracing difference too. I mean, my hair is lavender today. Which is glorious. Might be pink. I love that. And I'm still 43. And I'm gonna do it my way. I wanna be like Frank Sinatra. Oh, brown eyes glisten. She did it her way. Oh my! I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. Oh my god! With the, with this cold, I'm like down in the gutter. Um, <laughs> it's all good. All good. Hi, hi, everyone. All right. So it is time for a break. We've got that little uh, notice from our our glorious man, tech man. Oh so when we come back with the wonderful, precious Williams. We're going to dive in with, um, I think we're going to start out with your books and then move maybe into curvy girl lingerie, possibly. We'll just play it by ear. When we come back with precious Williams on the edge of every day, stay tuned, everyone. Howdy, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. are back with precious Williams. So let's dive in. Let's, let's go in with your, hear about your books. How did writing your books turn your life, your business, and your career around? Well, you know what, when I came out of homelessness on September 1st, 2018, I never would have thought that a simple book would change my life. But I've been talking to a woman I'd known who was a writer for CNN and she wrote a story on me for June 2015 it was entrepreneur of the month. And we just were talking and, you know, periodically people have reached out to me and say, Hey, we would love if you want to publish a book. And I'm looking at them like, you ain't even got credentials to, for me to write nothing. Truth is I was afraid because I could never seem to write. Of course, <laughs> you know, but, but also credentials matter. If they, if they haven't really done much, I don't need to be with you, but I trusted her. And so she said, where's the book? She said, what's the title? I said, Bad Bitches and Power Bitches. But when my entrepreneurs are speaking, it's like, you don't have a title with no book. I said, I wrote out the outline. So I sent it to her and she was like, exactly what I thought. She says, it's three different books. So she said, do I want to work with her? And I said, actually, I do. Because I like mm-hmm. a woman who will stand up to me. I actually like it. Because most, not that most women won't, but you know, she knew she'd get the best out of me. Yeah. And coming out of a dark place, What's the, I wanted to teach people as I was going up this ladder, I did it through pitching. So rather than write a book about prompts, I really wanted to write a book about the psychology of pitching with the seven branding personas, right? So are you ruled by power? Are you unstoppable? Are you flawed? Are you funny? Are you mysterious? Are you ruled by numbers? Like these are the sort of questions that I want people to think about. And I knew it was a unique way of approaching pitching. So once you would decide on who, which one or two you are, and yes, there's a bad bitch manifesto in here, girl. You all <laughs> yes, and I wrote that right. So it's you know it's really about the unstoppable bitch, the the the, the power bitch, the creative bitch, the funny bitch, the mysterious bitch, the oh. bitch, the numbers bitch, and so yes. And this is a pitch in itself. You see the title? Uh-huh. So you told me no one would buy this. You know, it's not respectable. But you're a badass at making money, made money. It was a number, number one bestseller. And so what I had to do was, okay, so two and a half months. She gave me two and a half months. I had to write a chapter a week. And when we were done, I couldn't believe it. So we didn't even have a marketing plan for it. It was just like, we're going to put this out there and see what happened. And then my business coach, Tiger, went coach. She said, your book is number one. I was like, wow, because I expected two people to buy, you know, you know, two. And it stayed number one. And it was 1999. It was never 99 cents ever. Like we did everything that was supposed to be wrong, right. And then Forbes magazine reached out and they said, we want to review your book. And they said, we can't tell you if it's going to be good or bad. I'm like, if Forbes says it's trash, they'll buy it anyway. Cause they want to know why would they review trash? Bill Borden, Times Square, four-time book of the year, finals in business sales and economics. I could not believe my first book. It's not even that big. <laughs> Even that big, but I'm the pitch master. That's why. So then, when it came to bad bitches and power pitches, the workbook. Once you understand who you are, now it's time to create different types of prompts. So we all know there's six different types of pitches. There's the elevator, 
for networking events, the media, different types of media, even what we're doing today. We have the investor pitch. How we, what a money reside? What a money reside? <laughs> there's a speaker pitch, because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of speakers who ain't getting paid and frustrated. So I'm going to show you how to get booked, busy, and what page so you can be what? Hashtag booked and blissful. Then you have <laughs> the interview pitch. And don't forget you have a sales pitch. And then think about the different audiences. You might be in front of companies, corporations, foundations, nonprofits, a, a small entrepreneurs. Like, like, so this helps you. You have to know who you are. And then, oh no, we're about to slice and dice now. Once you get that together, oh, oh, then you have pitching for profit, the bad bitches playbook to convert conversations into currency. Do y'all know this is the first book y'all see with my face on the cover? Oh yeah. Well, look it up. So with my first two books, I was afraid that if I had my face on it, people would just assume, oh, it's it's just a black book. And I was like, I write business and, and and people were like, why would you think that? Really? Really? We're going to ask that question. Really? But by this time I was so confident in, myself in who you were that if you talk, you could talk a good game, baby. I'd have been in movies, documentaries. I'd have been on television. I'd been on Shark Tank, CNN, Wall Street Journal, all that kind of stuff. And I was still black on both sides. Right. So what this book was teaching people how to build and rebuild their network so that they can monetize it and build the type of relationships where people pitch you now. So we're not pitching for revenue. We pitch for profit. So mm-hmm. if you've ever wanted to know, how do you get the right referrals? How do you align the right people around you to do the business development you don't have time for anymore? Because you're already out there doing your thug fizzle, right? And so this book to me was such a game changer because people thought, why did you say cash? I said, because I want you to be like NBA young boy. <laughs> broke again. It's not about having all the cash. If you have the right relationship, you will never be broke again. You will mm-hmm. never rent ain't rent due <laughs> and this also shows you one of the greatest techniques is in your with your vips you should be sending them an email every month every couple of months mm. letting them know the highlights because as you condition them to see you as constantly moving forward even in a pandemic an economic downturn and social unrest when you make your ass they're not gonna say no you've already <laughs> demonstrated but that takes vision and that's why when people think of pitching, they think it's just words. I'm like, oh, no. Pitching is how you show up. Huh? Pitching is what's in your social media posts. Pitching is what are people saying about you when you're not even there. In fact, an article from LinkedIn came out today, Queen. I don't know if you saw it. Mm. It was written by LinkedIn. And he asked two professionals in pitching, I'm one of them, about how do you actually create the perfect pitch? Now, you can get a company like that. And yes, I have a relationship with them, but that's not a guarantee that they will write right on me. There are a lot of great people who can pitch. I'm mm. good at all six though. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm good at all six. And I'm a former attorney and I'm someone who's an award-winning speaker. So when I tell you that I speak all over the world, when I tell you I can do live trains, I can do virtual trainings, and have them hype in these streets. I can do technical, scientific, or whatever. It's because I love what I do. And it started from 16 years old, being able to captivate politicians and not speaking as a child. Yeah. But being able to look up people of merit in the eye. I come from the hood of St. Louis and I'm looking you in the eye like, oh, I belong here too. Mm. In fact, uh, I don't know if you knew this. So uh, was it last month or the month before last? We just shot a new television show for entrepreneurs. And I was originally brought in to the pitch trainer. And I was sitting with the host, one of the hosts. And we were all introducing ourselves around the table. And he said, he, he wanted us all to introduce ourselves. And I went last and you know, I laid slay all competition he looked at me he said oh no you're hosting with me (laughs) jigga what (laughs) and it was so good because i'm in a room with billionaires multi-millionaires people who made more money than me you know because i literally just walked out of homelessness but i'm doing it big you know and i'm making money but i never once at now my journey of homelessness, alcohol addiction, alcohol, severe alcohol addiction, being unwanted, abused, been and tortured. I'm still here and I'm standing toe to toe with the best in the world. And they see me as an equal. Do you know what that feels like as a speaker, as an entrepreneur, as a black woman, as a woman, as a full figure diva, a plus size, a woman who created a company that died soon after they were on Shark Tank, not because, um, not because of anything to do with Shark Tank, but because you, I, I, I had the wrong business partner. 
And also grief is real. You do not have to know how to operate on grief if you don't have a strong team. And I didn't. And so I can look back on that experience. When you talk about that, that the edge of every day, babe, I'm going to tell you my, the best part of my life started when I got off, when I started to live on the edge, not on the straight and narrow. Amen. Amen. I'm be honest. Listen, I've been kicked out of Georgetown University Law Center. I'm supposed to not have the life that I have. But there was always something in me that said, God, you're going to break the mold. You know, fortune favors the bold. And I said, I'm going to go out as bold at 327 pounds with curvy girls. There's no way we should be. We should have gotten to where we did. But this brought me back on the map because when this started selling, we started Mm. selling. And then companies, corporations, foundations, nonprofit, and the federal government has bought this book. Are you serious now? Are, are, are yeah. you for real? Of course they that did. brought me back in. And so when people, you know, might have thought my services, which weren't to me expensive, there was nothing. They, they wanted to get the $20 version of me. Mm. And then here goes another $20 version. And then here's the $30 version. Mm. And then we created a triple threat pitch book bundle. Yes. Which you like can all get on her website. Oh, yeah. Triple threat pitch book bundle. But not only that, there's still more in me. And so my next book is called The Pitch Queen. And so it's going to tell stories <laughs> people would never believe about, you know, how I got here. Because, you know, you might hear, oh, homeless, whatever. I'm like, oh, there's some stories in there that have you like, and you're still here. I'm like, yeah. But pitching is how I got out of it. You ever been in a dark situation and you had to talk your way out of it? But I didn't been in some really deep situations and all I had was the gift of speech. Well, you are like shamanistic with your gift of speech and every it, it it's circling back to your books. It cracks me up that that there was ever sort of a, a moment of, well, that's just really audacious, calling it bad bitches, I mean, and I, perfect I, pitches. I, I mean, I mean, that's truly your platform. It's who you are. And it's also what I love is what you teach other people to do is to get out of that box and to get, take, as you've said, take those masks off, get out of perfectionism, you know, and as structures are breaking down, the old doesn't work anymore. And you of all people know that. And you of all people teach that, that way things are done is over. Yeah. I, I well, no, no, no. We're, we're at two minutes. Um, I did see I, that. I was going, yeah. Okay. Um, that was, I mean, it's it's so incredible how, you know, how shy you just were in that section. I know. <laughs> you know what I also <laughs> want to just make sure people know? Mm. Our grandfathers, great-grandfathers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, mothers and fathers didn't have the opportunities that we have. So I will never disrespect their honor because they didn't have what we had. The lineage fighting for what it is that I I mean, they had to walk and crawl so we could fly. And I pray that we do stuff for the next generation that makes it easier. Right. And so my grandmother saw this in me. Imagine if she imagine if I never had just grandmother, would I be? And that's why I think my name, it it goes all the way in the old age. You know what I mean? It goes all the way in the old age. Yes, it does translate. It does. It does does age well, as they say. My grandmother was was truly the most beautiful woman. And she was in her 60s. I just used to look at her like, man, she fire. She's fine. You know what I'm saying? She was, I mean, her yeah. hair, looked, it really looked like this, but it was like gray. Yeah. Um, and so I look sometimes, I'm like, no, you were stunting. So anyway, we got to give credit to our prior generation. They didn't have what we had. And thank God that books can change your life. You never believe it until you do it. And I'm in business. This isn't an autobiography. This isn't memoirs. This isn't just, no, this is business. And if business people respect the gangster of who you are. The gangster of who you are. I love it. Yeah, let's go. All right, bam. All right. Now we're ready. Okay. When we come back after our glorious commercial break, I do want to touch on your poetry. I really do want to. I am so intrigued by that. When we come back with Precious Williams for our last segment, we're going to touch on her poetry and we're going to talk about her leading edge and where she's going next. When we come back on the edge of every day. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week 
at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never rains. But it falls on the edge of every day. And we are back with Precious Williams. And I want to start in with your poetry that you said you while you wrote while you were in the psych ward. I did. That's I did. It's so funny. I stunning journey. I always knew that there was a poet in me and I was in and out of psych wards Mm. for like over two years in Brooklyn years ago. And I could not figure out why couldn't I just get it together. Right. And one day I was talking to this old mm. gentleman who, you know, I guess he was a lifer. I, I'll call it that. It was not prison, but there was some prison-like tendencies. And he said to me, just go in your room and just start writing. And I always wanted my my uh, poems to rhyme, right? I knew I couldn't just start off doing a sonnet like Shakespeare or anything like that. <laughs> and I sat there and it was like the power of focus. And I just started mm-hmm. writing and it was like coming out of me so fast and furious. It was like, yo. So I run up to him. I'm like, yo, listen to this. I'm going. <laughs> it was like, yo, keep going. It was so much in me. A lot of it was about heartache and the art of fighting. And you know, it, it was like, it was like, I don't know. It, was, it, it almost felt like medieval with armory. It was crazy. I was writing about love and <sighs> losing love and, and it would, it ran the gamut. Yeah. And I fell in love with it as a craft. And so when I write poetry, like even like with my first book, The Bad Bitch Manifesto, as I was writing it, it just came so, it just came out of me. It Like, mm-hmm. I don't think about it. I just go in and it just comes. And I said, that's why it's a gift. And you have to nurture any gift you truly have to nurture or it will atrophy. And that's why I say, just like confidence, confidence is a muscle you must flex. It, you can't look at everybody else and say, oh, it's going to come. Just like with pitching and just like with speaking, your first speaker, even as great as you think you are, come back to it two, three years later and look at it. You will be like, oh, I learned so much. You learn a lot from watching other speakers and trying different tactics and techniques before you build your own voice as a speaker. I don't work with speakers who want to sound like me. I'm like, do you know, do you know when I really own my voice, when I started pitching, everybody else to me was boring and pitching. I was like, I got to sound like that. And I just couldn't do it. Like, like usual. Like, <laughs> right. Very nice. And I, came in like a, I felt like my leader, I'm coming in like a wrecking ball. And I, I totally. won. And people were like, who is this? What? She's going to talk about, she's fat. She's, she's going to talk about cupcakes and bread. Like, no, oh, she's herself. I'm going to talk about, you know, I take your man with some nice lingerie on his 327 pound body. You don't want the smoke. You don't want it. And then it, 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 as, as I started growing even more and more into myself, it's like my oh. perceived flaws to everyone, black, tall, 
full figured. All, all these perceived, I'm 43. Girl, you're supposed to be out the dry. Oh, no, baby. I'm what? Your money. First of all, I think, you know, when I was younger, you know how when you're young, you think you know everything. Then you get to a certain age, you're like, I ain't know nothing. I don't know. Well, I and it just gets I better. I know nothing. Nothing. I made dumb mistakes, right? And so that's wasted. And then as you start to have experience, you know, I'm not going to say there are some days I'm looking like my, my mentality used to be real high. <laughs> old pictures, man, I was really cute. You know, you don't even know it. But there's a gift in age. Oh my. Where oh dear Lord. For the people who didn't get here, imagine if they did. Mm. Yeah. That's how you know it's a gift. Yes, it comes with the body not being exactly the same. And you remember you could fall, you could bounce back up. Now you fall. You're like, hold up, hold, give me, give me, give me oh a little moment. Yeah, I gotta collect my thoughts and make. I'm telling you, yeah, I can't wait to talk about you. What, what, what's next for you? What your leading edge is? But I'm feeling like stand-up comedy is on its way. Oh, I mean, you know, you know a book of poetry you. is coming. Some stand-up comedy is coming. It's so funny. I was, I was on a, I was on a bus, and this guy said. You know, you make a great comedian. It's like you make people make laugh. one. You are one. That's off the dome. And so, yeah. So, what's you know next for me? Honestly, mm. is we're changing. My company is changing and mm. becoming more of an agency. And with that, I was having a conversation with my business coach today, and there are growing pains that happen with as you, of course, you go into different levels. And so even with that, I know it's time for me to not be so much on social media. No, I'm not on social media all day, every day, but I have so much to post with so many successes, but I'm really hearing in the spirit, let your team start doing that because you're going to take a step back because the bigger and bigger opportunities, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. And that's actually a good thing because my audience has changed. When I started like with any one of us, when we start a company, we'll take anybody who comes to the door as speakers, trainers, whatever. But then there comes that, no, 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 my clientele has changed. And so they don't need me to hold their hand. They're already successful. What they need is to elevate into that next level. Mm-hmm. And so the handholding is not what they need. Yep. Not what they need. And so now that that's changed, my fourth book coming out, new television show coming out. And, oh. you know, Wanting to build a new, imp- I want to build a media empire. I really want to be the number one. I really want Perfect Pitches to be the number one speech communication solutions company in the world. And so that that that's PR, that's communication, that's pitching, and really showing that it is possible to start with start with very little. And yes, I've had a lot of help by demonstrating what I'm talented at, and so people felt comfortable helping me but I really want to transform the face of what speaking looks like. It's not always someone who doesn't look like me. It's not always growing up in this particular family. It's not always like communication can take you from last to first really, really quickly. And I live in it and we live in a day and a time where that's easier than it's ever been. I am not a motivational speaker that that belongs in to other people. I am not, um, inspirational transformational i am the killer pitch master and i am the pitch queen all i know how to do is show y'all how to slay all competition i've gone up against the biggest and the baddest from the best schools in the world and sliced and diced like it was nothing maybe Mm. it's because i came from very little and so if i have to go back to oodles and noodles best believe i can but i'm gonna come back better bigger better stronger and faster and i always rise like the phoenix and i and that's one of the things i work with my clients on is not just mindset but really truly seeing what's in front of you having a vision that 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 the news can't hold that your friends and family can't hold is seeing beyond all possibility all impossibility because we serve a most high god that you know my purpose is being fulfilled every day. I thought I had to be in every, like, look like everybody else. Baby, when I showed up with hot pink, I went to Google with well, a blue wig. It was all curly. You were like, I like that. I said, I know. And I don't have a hoodie <laughs> on. I ain't got no hoodie on, but I'm about to flex on them. <laughs> okay. So all things can be found at Perfect Pitches mm-hmm. by Precious.com. Your website has so much content. 
There are ways of working with you. Uh, you can work virtually with you. You can have one-on-ones. You can be in groups. Your, your business can hire you. There's just a plethora of ways people can work with you. All your books, you can get singles or this trio on your website, said trio, and you can get them signed. Yes, if you buy them from my website, I will personally sign them and put them in the mail. But I and I'll actually send you a, a what do they call it, Queen? The tracking. And I the, love it. The receipt and tracking. Oh yeah, because I don't play. <laughs> I'm honored by everyone who purchases from me because I know that even in a time like this, it is a blessing for someone to see value <laughs> and what it is that I do. And for did you know four of my clients won pitch competitions last week? Four. Congratulations! Oh my God, you must be I can't so proud. Like, I'm proud, Mama. I said, I'm betting a thousand. I was actually there for <laughs> one. And to watch her take second place at the roadmap to billions from black women and talk tech and to, and to just see and just be like, she didn't even think it, it was coming. And I'm like, nailed it. And so, yes, working with companies, corporations, foundations, nonprofits, working with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs has blessed me. And that's why we're making that transition into the, the next the next version of who we are yeah. and yet taking the mask off and not and 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 not being afraid of what's underneath so many Amen. people are lonely and tired so many people don't even know how to really be because they've always had to be in someone else's box or social media says it's not about how it feels it's what it looks like oh amen well this is a, this, this is the perfect seg too what's what's your last tidbit that you want to say to young women who are coming up and wanting to follow in your footsteps. What's your nugget of great truth to leave my show with? Fortune truly favors the bold. As so mm. you boldly go after it. Some of y'all want to tell people I've done both. I've been quiet and I've been loud. Either way, it's going to get done. Amen. And another great thing is the people around you can dictate how high you fly. So if you hang with people who ain't about nothing, Chances are you won't be about nothing. So as you start to move, pay attention to the people around you and be the flicker to somebody else's flame. Hang around those who are doing better in whatever way to you and they will pull you up and you'll start to see life from a totally different perspective. You get that first class life that you never even knew existed. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Precious Williams, for being on my show. What a joy and a pleasure. You are just a rock star. I'd be trying, or I'd be trying. I'd be trying. All right. Well, and to all of those who are listening in, thank you so much for being with us. And remember, you are always at the edge of the miraculous. Till next week, keep well. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. 
Pet Avengers Assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.